what's going on card nation welcome into another episode of the breakdown here on a thursday night as always it's taylor lynch and lewis metzinger here with you guys lots of stuff we want to get to on the show tonight talking nba playoffs talking this courtney ramey stuff that's going on also we'll get into a little bit of basketball recruiting and kind of what the expectations are for next season as well as the football spring game and what football expectations are for the season that is vastly approaching also going to touch on a little NFL draft stuff with Lamar Jackson as well. Guys, you know how to get in touch with us. Hit us up on Twitter. It's at the Breakdown UL, or you can check us out individually at Taylor Lynch and at Lewis Metzinger. Uh, tweet us, get after us. Um, if you missed any of the podcasts in the past, you can check out the podcast app, um, the iTunes podcast app, and we are on there. Go on there and check out the previous shows. You can also check them out on the website, thebreakdownul.com. So now, happy to be joined by my co-host here, Lewis Metzinger. Lewis, what's going on, man? What's up, dude? It's been a while. It has been a little while. It took a couple weeks off there, and um, things are kind of starting to wind down. We're kind of – summer's like – we're at that weird part right now where we'll get like one or two days where summer's like, hey, I'm coming. It's like 80. I'm right here. And then winter's like, no, I'm not done with you yet. And then winter comes back. So it's it's just weird. It's weird right now. It's weird in the Ville as far as weather goes. Always. And it's looking like today is a really tough one because it looks like it's supposed to be 80, but then you step out and it's not. Yeah, it's definitely not a comfortable temperature right now. So <laughs> anything Hopefully in the next week or two, it'll warm up a little bit. But see, for you, it's like anything below 70 is not comfortable, but then anything right. – Higher than eighty is not comfortable. You have a very I small window. Sweet spot, dude. I stick to that sweet spot. Yes, you have the a weather needs to abide by it. Yeah, you have a very small window. Me, on the other hand, I'm like, uh, yeah, ninety degrees, bring it on. A hundred degrees, bring it on. But you, uh, yeah, you're right in your uh, in your little sweet spot there. So, like we said, lots of stuff to get into tonight on the show anything in particular Lou that's on your mind you want to lead off with tonight um I guess we should start with the Courtney Ramey stuff yeah so Um, go go right ahead I'll let you uh I'll let you lead I'll follow yeah so it's been a very very interesting couple of weeks in regards to that we everyone knows you and I know and Everyone else knows that we had potentially, um, with if Romeo Langford would have um, joined the fold, we would have had no doubt the best recruiting class we've ever had yeah. um, at Louisville with uh, um, Anthony Simmons. Is it Simmons or Simons? Simons. Um, yeah, you're right. Anthony Simons, um, Courtney Ramey, and Romeo Langford. That would have no doubt been the best class we've ever had. Um, been some good ones uh, here recently, but no doubt that would have taken the cake. And then everything happened in September. Immediately, those two guys decommitted. I think immediately Romeo Langford said Louisville was off the table for him. Um, and then I was that was what was most disappointing to me. I think we even talked about that in the show that we had when everything broke, uh, either the day of or the day after. But I was I was most disappointed because I I wanted to see those two guys in a Louisville uniform more than anything because I was just thought their game both both their games were are fantastic um, and it's it's looking like even if nothing would have happened um, Anthony uh, Simons would have probably gone pro either way yeah that's how it looks um, but we'll never know and, and we'll never know if Romeo would have picked Louisville I think all signs pointed to that but regardless here we are now um, what seems like uh, a year or two later, but it's only been a couple months. Um, and we have a new coaching staff, um, everything, a, a new athletic director, um, a, a new president. Um, we have everything. Everything um, brand new. Yeah, everything <laughs> new and everything kind of uh, in, a, in a place of uh, calm, I guess, yeah. is the best way to put it. But so now it's up to Mac and, and, and seeing what not only re-recruiting, like we talked about last time, the, the current roster, but also trying to get those new guys. And 
So all that being said, he, in his uh, press conference introducing his new staff, he made it clear by naming uh, Courtney Ramey uh, and Anthony Simons by name, um, basically saying, "Yeah, we're not recruiting we're not recruiting them." them. Yeah, is, is, is exactly what he said. That was. Yes, he, he said we're not recruiting them anymore, and, and by saying his names, it's technically an NCAA violation if they were to pursue those guys. On the details of that, I have no idea, but you know, everyone knows that's a that's why everyone kind of gasped when um, was it Postal that said Romeo Langford out loud? No, it was Grissom, and that's why Grissom oh, doesn't Grissom. speak. That's... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's one of many reasons why Grissom should never speak. But uh, anyway, Max said we're not recruiting them, and. Honestly, it couldn't have been more than five days later um, that I think Evan Daniels was the first one to put it out. Um, either that or Jody Demling, one of those two guys uh, that Courtney Ramey and his family had scheduled an in-home visit with the entire Louisville coaching staff. Um, so that was a complete shock. And then, not surprisingly, it didn't go through, and now they're trying to get another one scheduled. So we'll see what, what ends up happening with that. But like I texted you the other day, I don't think there's any way that Louisville would get a visit with them after Max said they weren't recruiting them unless Ramey showed interest in Louisville. And so I think that that's a positive sign. The whole mix-up with him being at the Iverson Classic or whatever. Yeah, that it, people read too much into that. Yeah, I think so. And, and then we'll see. But, I mean, clearly – there's got to be some mutual interest there. Otherwise, it wouldn't be the case. Also, in another piece of, of the, the X class that we had for this past season, David Johnson um, from Trinity, who I, I'm pretty sure is a 2019 guy, um, if I'm not mistaken. But he, I, I think Jody Demling again reported this, that, that he had a, uh, a meeting with Mac and the staff and that he was, uh, quote, very comfortable or really comfortable with the new staff. So, um I wouldn't be surprised if, if here in the near future um, he recommitted. So that would be great. It's always great to have those those Trinity guys. We Clearly that works out well for us. Yeah, getting the hometown guys to stay at home and stay at Louisville has, has worked out well. I mean, you look at Ray Spalding, you look at Quentin Snyder um, just off the top, and, I mean, there have been others, but you can get those guys to stay at home. That's a good thing. And you keep them from going to U.K., it's an even better thing. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you with there has to be mutual interest. And I also think that because there was interest in the the interest in Louisville for Courtney Ramey from everything that I've read and everything that I've heard never really wavered. He always had interest in Louisville. Louisville was always at the top of his list. It was kind of just a wait and see thing uh, as to what was going to happen here. So and then Chris Mack obviously coming out and saying that they're not recruiting him. When you look at kind of what Courtney does as far as his skill set, he's not your prototypical type of guy that Chris Mack would go after. So I wonder if maybe there wasn't initially any interest there. And apparently with the whole NCAA rule, um, as long as you are not – currently like (laughs) and there's so much wiggle room with this rule but like as long as you are not actively recruiting that player at the time that you make that statement then you're allowed to say something and so i guess that's kind of what happened with that's an absurd rule it's the it name me one ncaa rule that makes any sense like well, I mean, there 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 aren't any. It's a stupid, stupid rule. But so apparently that's kind of the the loophole there or whatever. Just like you and I were talking about the other day. If it's an NCAA violation and they want to charge us or or fine us some money, I mean, hell, just put it on the tab at this point. I mean, we'll we'll get to you when we get to you. I mean, yeah, it's not like uh, we're your favorite people in the world anyway. Um, so I, I wonder though, like if there was some, if there was some concessions made or, or, or something maybe on like Courtney, Courtney Ramey's part, like hey, you know if if um, 
if you guys are interested in me still, you know, I want to do anything I can to come to Louisville and play. Um, I'll, I'll play, you know, wherever you need me to on the court. Whatever you need me to do, I'll do. Um, I don't know. These are the things that I wonder. And maybe, you know, when he does finally commit, if he does finally commit, which I, I think he will, um, maybe these will be some of the questions that get answered. I don't know. Um, I would like to. I would like to know. This has been one of the more interesting recruiting sagas, if you want to call it that, that we've seen here at Louisville in a really long time. Um, well, I say a really long time. You reminded me of of somebody right before we started the show that was a, a pretty terrible recruiting saga that didn't end too well for Louisville. Um, well, I wouldn't say it didn't end well. Ra- Raverick Bowen, we, we can call him. Raverick Bowen, yeah. Uh, he, I think it did end well because we played against him and he was so well, yeah. Well, yeah. But I just mean Louisville getting burned again. Like, that's what I mean. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Apparently, um, according to reports, Courtney Ramey's parents have reached out to Chris Mack and they're attempting to schedule um, a visit to the University of Louisville, which I think is a big-time win uh, if you can get him on campus. Uh, so they're going to schedule that for sometime early next week to get in and get a chance to, to meet with Chris Mack and meet with the staff um, here in Louisville. So we'll see. Apparently, uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we heard something – not long after that meeting, whenever that takes place next week, um, as to as to Courtney Ramey's future and whether or not he'll be a Louisville Cardinal. If Chris Mack and his staff can secure a guy like Courtney Ramey, who I think in the latest, um, like the top 100s or whatever, he's like a top 40 prospect. He's 31. 31. If, if they can land him... I mean, what a what a job by Chris Mack to come in and and secure him, and then add a couple of grad transfers. I think if you get Courtney Ramey and you get two grad transfers, you're looking pretty good heading into next season. Um, what are you looking for as far as the the grad transfer market? I mean, obviously everything that's been reported is is Louisville looking at guards. I kind of think Louisville needs another big man. Yeah, I think the guy from uh, Florida Gulf Coast, uh, is it, I, I want to say his name is Zach Johnson. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Look at you. I, you. I think Proud he, of you, man. Uh, he see, I think he's a bigger guy. Um, I, I, can't, I, I could just be totally off on that, but I looked at his – I didn't look at his position, but I just looked at his pictures, and he looked like a big guy. So I'm going to assume he's a big guy. Or can be used in kind of that stretch four type of thing, um, which is kind of. I don't think Louisville needs necessarily like a true center, um, because I, I think that a guy like Stephen Enoch is probably going to be that for you. Yeah, but who are you going to put in for Stephen Enoch when he needs a breather? I think you go small and you play Malik Williams at the five, or if you get a guy like that, okay, put him at the at the four two. Um, and I mean, I, I, honestly, like you could even play really small with Malik at the four, and you could move. Um, uh, you could put VJ at the at the four if you need to play Malik at the five. So, um, I don't know. It's going to be or Jordan at the four or something like that. Uh, yeah. So it's going to it's going to be a really really interesting year because I think this you kind of see it in the pros already, um, where there's really it's basically positionless basketball. Um, Everybody can shoot. Everybody can dribble for the most part. Um, so I think if Louisville just takes advantage of that at the college level, which I think you definitely can do, even though you have a guy like Stephen Enoch, which I think is one of those kind of big, like, Chinanu Anawaku type players um, with his back to the basket. So we'll see. I mean, I'm giving him a lot of credit. I've never seen him on the court, but he, he definitely looks the part. Yeah, and you've heard that he that he played really I mean, well. You saw him in the red-white game. Yeah. So. And he was great. So we'll see. I I just feel like you need somebody else, another big-bodied guy, to put in yeah. there with Enoch and give him 
be able to give him a breather and not really lose a step. Um, you mentioned the positionless basketball. I mean, Louisville, the way their team – the, with the guys that are coming back, the way this team sets up, I mean, if they can hit the grad transfer market, get a couple other guards in here, sign Courtney Ramey, I mean, this sets up perfectly to to run like a, a four out one in type of set um, where you just you have Stephen Enoch down low, and then you have just a bunch of guys that can shoot from anywhere on the court out there with him, and you don't really worry about who's at the one or who's at the three or the four or whatever, and you just go out there and you just play. Um, yep. It could be a really fun style of basketball to watch, especially offensively. Um, but they just – this team next year is going to have to lock in defensively. Um, and that's something that Chris Max already talked about. I mean, he's already talked about coaching toughness and, and all of that. And you, you notice as much as everybody hates to lose, uh, Ray Ganong, he brings in the strength and conditioning coach from West Virginia. I mean, when I think about toughness in college basketball – I mean, West Virginia is one of the tougher schools around, so you bring that type of guy in that has coached and, and worked with guys like that, and you bring that to Louisville, which is what this team just lacked grotesquely last yeah. season was any form of toughness. Um, I think I think that I, I don't want to say sky's the limit, but I think that there is a ton of potential with this team going forward next season. And it's never too early to talk about expectations. Um, I expect this team next season to make the NCAA tournament. There, there, is, uh, there is no doubt in my mind there is enough talent on this team this season. They should have made the NCAA tournament last year. And if if you wanted to blame it on coaching as to why Louisville didn't make the NCAA tournament last year, if you want to blame it on the fact that David Padgett was a rookie and had never been in that situation before, and you want to blame that as to why Louisville didn't make the NCAA tournament, okay, that's fine. I'll give you that. But then you have to then again say, okay, well, then Louisville has made an upgrade in coaching and still has a lot of talent on this team coming back next season, then they should be an NCAA tournament team, right or wrong? Uh, I think absolutely. I don't think that's like an unrealistic expectation at all. I think if you – like this team, no doubt should have made the NCAA tournament. Yeah. It was completely on them. It was their, their own fault because they didn't close games. But I think if you had a coach with – any amount of head coaching experience. I'm not saying like David is the reason they didn't make it, but if you had any coach with any little bit of experience, I think they make it no problem. There were just some questionable coaching decisions that I think did cost them a couple games. Um, and I, and I think that the circumstances surrounding made it difficult for hmm. some guys, but yeah, I think, I think that team was an NCAA tournament team. Um, you know, they, they got absolutely pounded by Texas A&M, but, um, I'm sorry, uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Um, but every team, every little team, did this year. So, Ugh. so true. That that is the one team I don't want to set up a home and home with in any in any sport. Just no, go away, stay away. We don't need a home and home. We're good. Thanks though. So yeah, that's uh, and we'll get more into basketball and and our predictions for next year and, and stuff like that as we as we move closer. Um, what Louisville's got to do right now, though, is close out, um, sign some kind of a class that's going to fill some holes and fill some needs moving forward and then really hit 2019 hard and really have a good 2019 uh, recruiting class. Um, you guys know how to get in touch with us, of course. As always, hit us up on Twitter. It's at the Breakdown UL, uh, at Taylor Lynch, at Lewis Metzinger. Uh, Lewis, just because college basketball is over with, uh, this is something new for us. We get to watch the NBA and watch former cards ball out in said NBA playoffs. Um, that's just weird for me. Like, like, I caught myself the other night watching an NBA game and like being incredibly invested in it. Um, and I never, ever thought I would be invested in a Utah jazz game. Um, but I was because of Donovan Mitchell. Louisville's actually got three dudes right now. Lewis, uh, in the playoffs, Gorgie Zhang, of course, with Minnesota, uh, they're four. down four. 
Who was the other yeah. one? Who did I miss? Is, he's technically on the the. Is he on the roster? Yeah. Okay. So so four guys, but three that are really playing, even yeah. though three that make a difference. Even though Gorgie's not getting any minutes, which is another just. <laughs> don't even get me started on that one. Uh, but Gorgie with Minnesota, Nanu uh, with Houston, and then of course Donovan with the Jazz and Terry with the Boston Celtics. Uh, Minnesota, I think, is down 0-2. The Jazz are. One and one with OKC and Boston's up 2 0 uh, in their series. And I can't remember for the life of me who they're playing in their series. It I had it and it totally's uh, gone. Now. Eric Bledsoe plays for is it? Uh, it's Washington, right? I have no idea. The Wizards, okay. Which um, I, I should have looked that one up. Yeah, we don't know anything. Um, <laughs> Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> You know who Terry Rozier is. Um, so, Gorgie right now averaging 16, uh, 16.1 minutes per game, uh, 4.5 points per game, 1.5 blocks, 4.5 uh, rebounds in the playoffs. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, here you go, Lewis, buckle up. 38.8 minutes per game, 27.5 points per game, and 44% from the, uh, from the field. Terry Rozier's averaging 39.1 minutes per game, 23 points per game, and 46.9% shooting from the floor. What? <laughs> Terry? I'm telling you, our two guys, two Louisville guys are right now the stars, young stars of the playoffs. Yeah, That's something, no doubt. That was something that if you would have made me or asked me if I wanted to put money on it, I wouldn't have touched it. So, um it's crazy. It, it's like it's like a backwards world. Like Louisville, um, the Louisville team doesn't make the NCAA tournament, but then we get to watch two Louisville players be the stars of the play- NBA playoffs. Like it, it's like a, an alternate reality almost. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands right now. Uh, it's just it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Now the problem is for both Utah and Boston. I don't know how far they can go in these playoffs. Um, like, the Jazz are playing OKC. I think Boston gets out of this round. I mean, they're already up 2-0. I think they make it to the second round. I think Utah can make it to the second round. I don't know how much further they would get after that. If there's some way that... <laughs> could you imagine, dude? Somehow, some way, Utah and Boston could navigate their way into the finals, and we'd have a seven-game series between Donovan Mitchell and Terry Rozier. The city would torn. The city would go insane. Yes, and everybody would be torn. Everybody would be torn because it would be. It would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put him on skates, Don. Put him on. Okay, get the steal. Get the steal, Terry. Get the steal. It it would be it would be so much fun to watch though, uh, but yeah. I don't know if either one of these teams. I mean, Boston's just been decimated with injuries. I mean, it was not their plan for Terry Rozier to play thirty nine point one minutes per game in a playoff game, um, and honestly, probably wasn't Utah's plan for Donovan to play thirty eight minutes a game. But you know, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, um, and when life gives you the rookie of the year, you let him play. So I don't know how far they're going to go, but I mean it's it's awesome to watch, and I I haven't been this interested in the NBA playoffs since that one season I was a Golden State fan. Other than that, that is this is the most interested I've been in the playoffs. Wait, you're not a Golden State fan anymore? That that ship sailed. I mean, what about your jersey? Don't you have a Curry jersey? I have a Curry T-shirt. Okay, it's a jersey. They're just on so late, man. And I just, <laughs> I just the dude's not a fan because it because <laughs> the team doesn't fit his sleep schedule. <laughs> They're just on so late. I just I can't I can't stay up and and watch them. I'm like I started to watch their game the other night, and I checked like the the guide or whatever, and it wasn't going off to one. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I gotta be in yeah, bed, but like, yeah, I'm this, way too old for that. I can, 
Yeah, I can't. I can't do it, dude. I can watch a little bit, but I mean, and Curry wasn't even out there, and I'm like, I, I don't even know who half these guys are. Like, there's, there's Clay. I know Clay. There's, there's KD. I guess there's KD. Yeah, I mean that was it. I mean, it was the two of them. I think Green was on the bench. So, yeah, I just, I, I can't. Oh, come on. I I just can't stay up, dude. I just can't do it. I mean, I, feel I, you. I love. I'm in bed by 10:30 every day, so dude, I'm with you. Goals. I'm, I'm telling in bed you. before 10:30, but I'm asleep. I'm trying to sleep at 10:30. Dude, you're in bed by 7:30. Like, no, I get your snaps, and you're already in bed. I'm like, dude, maybe eight, but not 7:30. Like, I'm all about. Oh, probably because you have a program to watch, and you can't. Oh, I uh, do. Yeah, <laughs> Jeopardy comes on. <laughs> Oh, man, I had an interesting conversation about this exact thing at Qdoba a couple nights ago. I went out with some buddies of mine, and um, I had already eaten. It was like 8 o'clock. It was mom and dad. <laughs> it was my mom and dad. I have like, I have like four friends, and counting okay, you, right. and then there's, three, <laughs> then there's three other ones. And then your family, which is even more depressing, because it's like, you got to have to like me. But anyway, um, so I'm sitting there at Qdoba, and we had just left the gym, and I had already eaten, and my buddies wanted to grab something to eat, so so they went. It was like 8 o'clock, and we're going through the I stood with them in the line and everything, and we get to the checkout, and the girl's like, um, oh, is this yours? I'm like, oh, no, that's the guy behind me. And she's like, so you didn't get anything? I was like, no, but can I just get a big cup? Um, I just want some water. And she's like, uh, you're really not going to eat. I'm like, no, I she goes, well, why don't you want to eat? Like, this is good food. So I'm, like, really having this argument with this girl at Qdoba. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I know it's good. I, I eat Qdoba all the time, but I already had dinner. She was like, who eats dinner before 8 o'clock? And I'm literally, like, I, like I look at her, and the lady behind me is kind of, like, snickering. And I'm like, well, you know, I uh, got to be in bed by nine so and and jeopardy comes on at seven and i missed it to go work out with them so i'm really just kind of angry but you know people like me we typically eat at 4 30 or 5 i'm like really like who do you think you are who cares what time i eat i don't think that's and i went out we went out on our date on friday and i usually just come straight from work and pick her up Mm -hmm. and we go and we were pulling into mimi's over on hurstbourne yeah and uh, shout out as to Mimi we pulling up. The old people were walking out, so we were we weren't exactly <laughs> there when the old people were there, but we were just squeaking in right behind them. You hit the sweet spot, dude. You hit the spot between the old people and the younger people that that want to come in and and eat at like seven or eight o'clock. See, I call it the rich people because it's mm. um, so like mom and I went out. The other night, and we were at, um, gosh, where did we go? Jersey Mike's? No, that's the sub place. Um, Why can't I think of the name of this place? Mike Lennings? No, 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 no. It's out there um, by Guitar Center and... uh, Oh, Penn Station. No, it's actually a restaurant. Like you go in and they got the salad bar and everything. Why can't I think of it? Is it like a buffet? No, they do the free ice cream. It's over there oh, by Jason's. Yeah, thank you, Jason's yeah, Deli. Yeah. Thank you. See, I knew if I said free ice cream, you would oh, know exactly what I was the talking only about. Reason you go to Jason's Deli? You go in there, get a water, and then you get yourself a free ice cream. <laughs> so, and it's not even really ice cream. I don't know what it is, but it's it's not ice cream. Soft serve, and it's great. So uh, we went to Jason's Deli and slid in at about 5 o'clock, 5.30-ish. And as we were eating, the old people were leaving. And right as soon as we got done, all the other people started lining up. And this was now like 6.30, almost 7.00. And they're all starting to line up out the door at Jason's Deli. And I'm like, see, Mom, we hit it right at the right time. The old people are gone, and the rich people are just now coming in. So we eat on poor people time. That's what I say. It's 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 That's what time poor people eat. So, um, yeah. So <laughs> try to get this thing back on the rails now. Uh, football, Lewis. Football had their spring game on Friday night. 
um, because you know it was going to rain just buckets on Saturday, and we got a sprinkle or two. But anyway, it was a beautiful night, perfect night um, for baseball. I mean, for, for baseball. It was a good night for baseball, too. Um, it was a good night for baseball. But it was a perfect night to do the spring game. Um, I don't know really how much you can gauge from a spring game. Well, I do know. You can't gauge a whole lot from a spring game. Correct. But Juwan Pass looked good. Um, the defense reacted quickly. They ran full speed to the football. Everybody did. Um, the team, obviously, the, the, the motto of this team is speed, 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 be fast, be fast. They look fast at several different positions. This team really looks fast. Um, you can see on our website, thebreakdownul.com, my full um, recap of the spring game. But we've also got the sound for you right now that we're going to go ahead and play. Um, this was Bobby Petrino uh, met with the media after practice or after the spring game um, in the dark catacombs of the bottom of. Papa John's Cardinal Stadium, which is a mess right now uh, because of the renovation. Uh, but Bobby Petrino sat down and talked to the media after the game, and here is what he had to say. It was fun being out there, and I enjoyed it. I, uh, you know, we got a lot to work on. There's no question about that. But I saw a lot of good things out there on the field, too. Um, it's always good to stand out there and listen to the players and watch how quickly they get lined up and how much communication, um, both positive and negative, things that we've got to do better. Um, you know, I didn't like the early turnovers by Juwan. Uh, I think on the one play, the, the running back clamped down on the ball. And in, in practice, we don't dive on the ball. Um, so he needs to understand this was not practice, and he needs to dive on the football. And, you know, he'll learn from that. There's no question about that. But, uh, you know, I thought the red team in the second half took control, made some big plays. You know, Dez did a really nice job with uh, catching the football, going and getting the football. He just can adjust his body so well that you need to get the ball close to him, and he can, he can go make plays and, and catch the ball. I did really like what I saw from Malik Cunningham. He's going to be a real explosive player. I did like the way he threw the ball early in the game, too, in the first part of the game. So um, defensively, you know, I thought he did a really nice job out there. He was running the show and, and uh, making the calls and taking charge. Um, and then it was a really nice interception by Rush Yeast. But P.J. Banasor did a nice job, played really well out there. Uh, but we'll have to watch the video and see. But overall, it was a good spring. I thought we got better um, during the spring football. Uh, and now we've got to come back and finish our grades, do a great job academically here. The semester ends very quickly. Uh, and then guys will get a little bit of break. Most of our guys will, will go home for parts of May. Um, a lot of guys will stay here and continue to take classes and, and uh, you know, work out. But uh, we'll get started up as a group with everybody and the new guys. Um, we used to say June, but we actually start our, our second summer school session May 29th this year, which is really early and really quick. You know, and some guys, we have to make sure we can get them graduated by that time. But like I said, overall, I like the spring. Uh, I do know we got a long way to go and, and certainly to get ready for that first game. So with that, I'll just open up for questions. understand the difference between practice and a game and that's why tonight was really important you know one example that really stood out was um, in college football right now when you make a big play that 40 seconds clock starts and it's the quarterback's job to get everyone down to the football and you know sprint them down move them down push them down so you can get lined up and, and still have time on the clock so you're not behind it you're not able to substitute when you have big yards and big gains um, so he needed to do a better job of that there's no question about that um, I really like the way he played in the second half I thought the first half gave him a lot of experience uh, you could see his competitive spirit come out you know he wasn't happy with the interception wasn't happy with the fumble um, so what he did about it was just compete harder and, and try to execute better you know the post route at the end with the touchdown to Dez was probably as good a uh, post 
route that he's throwing this spring. You know, threw it right on a line, um, hit him in stride, and we can win games with throws like that. part of the game out there today you know we felt like we we didn't want to let Bernard get going in the pass rush um, we felt like the tight end Nicky could get open quick um, we had some real good easy quick throws to 2-2 two -two. and uh, and then Dez had some good matchups so it was kind of you know let's let's make sure that we're not getting sacks and getting negative plays early but we're gonna have to push the ball down the field and that's what we tried to do there in the second half was you know protect some throws up and, and throw it deep and uh, it was good to see us hit two big posts in the second half. mending up on the running back for Tobias show you how hard he runs the ball when he got the opportunity. Yeah, I still think Tobias doesn't really know how good he can be. You know, he's, a, he's so strong and he's fast. Um, he's starting to see things better. He can accelerate and break tackles. Uh, as long as he doesn't hesitate, I think he can, you know, hit the hole on time and, and be really, really effective for us. We just kind of keep giving him carries and keep giving him the ball. And, you know, overall in spring, he has some really good scrimmages. Uh, I think he broke a long run in every scrimmage. So he has that speed that he can run through tackles and, and uh, take it all the way. So it was good to see. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that, that Trey didn't get to go, but uh, that's just how it is. And also, as far as Des, what, it just seems like anything that was up, I mean, he, it was like his routes were crisp, and he was almost like he was a small team. Yeah, you know, he, he started slow in spring. I thought he got off to a slow start his first uh, week and a half, uh, and then um, we had a good talk. And he came back and just really, really worked hard. You know, worked harder on his routes, worked harder on his timing. Um, like I said, the thing that I think separates him a little bit from other guys is his ability to control his body, judge the football, and adjust to the football in the air. He had some great catches where, you know, some guys aren't that flexible and can't really open their hips and move their body like he can. And then he's got those great big gloves, you know, his hands are huge. So um, he, he's should be a really good player for us. How can you, how concerned can you be with depth of the with so far left to go to the Yeah, I'm not really concerned. I, you know, Colin was out there in, in, in pregame, warming up, doing good, catching punts, um, you know, running with the football. He came up to me and said, Coach, I want some plays tonight. Um, so he's, he's doing good. He's working extremely hard. Um, our strength staff and training staff have done a nice job with him. He's slimmed up. He's reduced his body fat. Day's doing well. Um, he's going to be in, in really good shape. Trey Smith had a really good spring. Um, and then Tobias is doing a nice job. Um, the Berkeley kid had a really good spring. You know, it's great to see him. And he kind of stood out in testing. He had a great testing week and showed speed. Um, you know, ran a, a way better 40 than I thought he would. And he just keeps getting better. And and, uh, and then we are going to need, you know, some help from the two guys we have coming in. They're both extremely explosive and faster than what we have on the field right now. But they got a lot to learn. And, you know, it's not just carrying the ball. It's protecting the quarterback and running routes. And so it's a, there's a lot about playing running back. But a lot of guys have been able to do it. Some of those guys are just precaution not to put them in there. Yeah, I mean, they have reasons not to be out there, but uh, I, I think we'll be back healthy here when we get going in June. And then just quickly. May 29th. <laughs> and you didn't mention Malik Staples. Is he still running back? Oh, yeah, Malik. Yeah, I forgot about Malik. He, he actually did a really nice job early in spring, um, and then he has a little ankle issue that he wasn't able to, to go tonight either. So um, I was impressed with some of the things he did in spring. He's big, physical, fast kid. What did you learn about your tight I like them a lot. I think we, you know, got three guys right now that can really play. Um, they can do different things. You know, they can line up next to the tackle and give us some power in the run game. They can line up in the backfield and play H-back and, and move around. They can split out and run routes and catch the ball split out. So it gives us a lot of versatility and, and different formations that you can use with them in the game. Nice and fatherly, yeah. Put my arm around him, gave him a big hug. Right, Des? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
about this a little bit the other day. Um, is you know we have virtual reality that we'll put together some games and, and be able to go through, which is really cool. We get to look around and see the defense and see corners and um, you know a lot of film study. He'll get to run the off-season program and get everybody out there and throw and catch and um, you know get get prepared and improve on his skills. I think you know his knowledge and his skills. Those, those are the two things we're going to focus on. Coach, I know the weather change and I would just talk about the week and last night and the golf out even well, It was all kind of cramped a little bit, but but it, like, just a good week. That was a great week. You know, we had a really good week. We had good practices on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, last night we had the uh, function for the Petrino Family Foundation that was a lot of fun. I had a great crowd. Um, guys did a, had a lot of fun at the auction. And we had two flights go off today in, in the golf, one at, at uh, 8.30 and one at 2. Um, so it was nice, busy, fun. And then the game, you know. A lot of people think we should keep the game on Friday night. Uh, so we'll kind of we'll kind of see if that's the best thing to do, and whatever the fans like and, and thinks the best, I think that's what we do. I know I know people in Louisville like when the lights go on uh, and it's dark outside, and they can do a little uh, pregame. <laughs> like pregame. Thank you. Best part of that interview with Bobby Petrino is the ending, where he talks about. Louisville fans and their love of pre-gaming. That was, <laughs> that was my favorite my favorite part of that whole that whole interview. That and the fact that uh, when we all got in the media room, uh, it wasn't any time at all. Like I had just sat down and and Bobby walked in, and one of the other guys in the room said, "Wow, Coach, I, I, I didn't expect that. We didn't expect you to be down here this quick." And he just looks deadpan in only Bob, in, in only the way that Bobby can. And he just goes, huh, was that fast? <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably not funny to any of our listeners, but just watching him, just <laughs> the way Bobby is, <laughs> was that fast? Oh, man. But um, a lot of what he said was true there. The, some of the guys like, I mean, when I look at Tobias and the way that he can really just lower his shoulders and just I, – I understand what Bobby's talking about. He doesn't know how good he can be. He can be a really solid running back um, for Louisville. And I think, Lou, by the time everything is said and done and we get into the season and guys are healthy, this is going to be a deep position for Louisville. Uh one that they could go four or five deep and get production from. Um, so the running back position is is concerning as we head into fall camp or as we look toward fall camp. But I think by the time we get into the season, we're going to realize that this is, is a, a really special group and is going to be a deep group as well. Uh, and he mentioned some of the guys that, that he mentioned by name. Obviously, Malik Cunningham. Malik had a really good a really good spring game. 13 of 16 for 99 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then 63 yards on the ground. He had some, and I I say this like almost cringing and ducking. He had some Lamar Jackson-esque moments in the spring game. He is not near the athlete that Lamar was. Let's just go ahead and put that out there and just say that right now because Lamar is a once-in-a-generation type of quarterback, athlete, runner. You don't see guys like that all the time. But Malik has some of those traits. Um, He made a couple of guys miss, made some nice cuts, um, and is a pretty quick guy too. So the, the quarterback position for Louisville looks solid moving forward. Uh, and Bobby also mentioned guys on the defense like P.J. and Banasaur. P.J. seemed to, he only had, uh, I don't I don't have it in front of me how many tackles he had. I think it was like four or, or something like that. But he may not have jumped off the paper to you, but he was one of those guys that just seemed like he was always just around the football and just always around the play. And when guys are like that, they're going to make plays. Uh, sooner rather than later. So he had a really good day. Uh, C.J. Avery had a really good day. Kane Pass had a really good day. Um, 
the defense, like I said, they just look quick. They just look fast. Uh, and I'm excited with this team. Now, obviously, you know, <laughs> take what you can take from the first game. Just don't get injured. And I think everybody will be okay. I would, I would like to see Louisville come out and play well, but I mean it's it's Alabama. I mean let's just yeah. let's just be honest, it's Alabama. Um, but with that being said, I mean Lewis, just from watching this team, seeing the talent that this team does have, and then knowing still that there are some really super talented freshmen that are not on campus yet. This is a team that, you know, aside from the the first game of the season and aside from the game against Clemson, if for no other reason than just because we have not shown at all that we can beat Clemson, I don't, I mean, I see those two as losses and then I could give you reasons why they could lose other games. I can also give you just as many reasons why they win the rest of the games on their schedule. So I don't think expecting this team to get to 10 wins next season is so crazy. And I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, no, it's a rebuilding year. Oh, no, it's 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 adjusting the life without Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah, that's all true. But it doesn't have to be a rebuilding year. There is still – Juwan Pass has – a better offensive line around him right now than Lamar had the entire time he was here at Louisville. And I don't know if, if anybody can argue that. I mean, what what Juwan has protecting him is, is better than anything Lamar had. And Juwan still has some weapons at wide, at wide receiver. So, I, I don't know, Lou. I mean... Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is a 7-5 and five team. Maybe this is an 8-4 and four team. Just like I said, I can give you just as many reasons, you know, one side or the other. You, you pick which way you want to argue it. I can give you reasons on both sides as to why they'll be successful or why they'll struggle. But I just have a feeling that this is a team that can really be successful this year. Do I think they will win the ACC Atlantic? No. Because I think Clemson's going to have just a stranglehold on that. Now, if I, I don't even want to get into that because I just think Clemson has a stranglehold right now in that division, and Louisville has not shown at all in the last four seasons that they can beat Clemson. So, do I think that they win the Atlantic? No. Do I think that they can get to ten and two and go to a really quality bowl game or a New Year's Six game or something like that? Yeah, I do because I think the talent is still there on the team to make that happen. And go ahead and tell me I'm nuts. <laughs> Because I know that's what you're thinking. I, I know. I know. I know that's what you're thinking because that's what a lot of people are going to be thinking. Yeah, I think this is – well, I was going to say at its ceiling, but I don't, I'm not at its ceiling. But I think this is more a most uh, – I think the highest probability for this team is a an 8-4. and four. Um, You're probably it's right, though. Terrible. You're probably right, though. It's terrible because we've had teams that we've come into um, and said like, "Oh, this team is a, uh, a this type of <clears throat> type of team," and they've far exceeded our expectations. And then we've had teams where we've had, "Oh, this is a ten-win team," and we win seven or eight games. So, um, I, I just have a really hard time, and it's really, really hard. We've seen this with basketball, and we'll see it with football. We've seen it with baseball this season. When you have a lot of new guys, mm-hmm. not not just freshmen, but a lot of sophomores that are getting a lot of playing time for the first time, and you've got some guys that have been sitting out, it's really, really hard to judge what you're going to get. Um, but I think like we saw last season with the offensive line, taking a huge step up when changing coaching staffs, we'll see – if the the switch over to uh, Van Gorder is going to make a significant difference on the defense. And if that's the case, I think that we'll be able to produce enough offense to be competitive in nearly every game, especially since we have a pretty solid schedule this season. That That's the truth, too. Louisville does really have a good – and, I mean, it's it's a balanced schedule. It's a good schedule. There are seven home games that none of them suck out loud, really. I mean, you played the the one game against 
an FCS opponent. You have Indiana State come in here, um, but that's at a perfect time after the Alabama game. Um, you come home, you open the brand new addition to Baba John's Cardinal Stadium, you play Indiana State, you blow them out. Then you have a good game right after that against Western Kentucky that's going to be a good football team this season. Yep. And then you have a home game at the end of the year against your rival, Kentucky. Um, and then you have Florida State in here. Um, among you know a couple other schools, but it's it's a good home schedule. It's a good schedule for Louisville. You've got the tough opener. You've got the tough road game at Clemson, um, but Florida State comes here. NC State comes here. Um, you've got to go to Syracuse, which Louisville doesn't look like they had a problem with. Um, you're going to have to go to Boston College and learn how to stop the run, and then. Uh, Wake Forest comes here, so you have a shot to get some revenge there. It's a it's a good schedule for Louisville, um, but you talked about overachieving. Since Bobby Petrino has been back here, Lou, this Louisville team has not had that moment where they've overachieved. This well, Louisville team has not had that moment. I don't think where they've met the expectation. Right. Because I think the expectation since he's been here has been go out and win 10 games. Go out and compete for a conference title. They had the year that Lamar won the Heisman Trophy that we thought that was the year when they just came out and beaten down on everybody, embarrassed Florida State on college game day, and then just lost it at the end of the year and ended it with a thud. So... Yep. I don't know it, and this is something that I've been wondering, and I have not talked to very many people about. But if this season is a seven and five season or an eight and four season, is the seat warm for Bobby Petrino? No. Really, no, I think. I think Bobby has a very, very long leash, um, and I just I cannot see. I know his his whole calling card and what he's kind of uh, rest everything on is like just demolishing Florida State and having a Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, um, and that's a lot. Those two things, that and that's a, a lot. lot. I mean, and that's a lot. That's more than had been done up until that point. It's true. Um, so. I think that that even extends his leash a little longer. The issue then becomes his relationship with Vince Tyree. Yes. Um, and how, because we know how it was with Jurich, so it'll just, it'll be a matter of time. But honestly, if you look around the landscape of college football, I mean, if you would have told me uh, two years ago that Jimbo Fishers would be coaching at Texas A&M and, <laughs> yeah. and Florida State would have uh, an entirely new coach, um, is it Willie Taggart? Is that yeah, coach? Willie Taggart. Yeah, from, it, uh, if you would have told Oregon. me that, like I would have said, get out of here. There's no way. Like Jimbo's like an elite coach, and he wasn't cutting it at Florida State, so they kicked him. Yeah. Like, who are you gonna get? Who are you gonna get? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you, and a lot of people. I mean, and I'm guilty of doing it too. Not everybody can be Alabama. And when they were, I was actually, it's funny you mentioned Jimbo Fisher. I was watching the um, the Texas A&M um, spring game the other day because there was literally nothing else on TV. Um, and they were talking about coaches that had won a championship and then um, moved on and how it, it doesn't typically happen. But there are four coaches right now in college football that have won a national championship. Four. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher, Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, and I can't even think of the fourth one. And and the more interesting part about that is is that Three of those guys, uh, since you can't think of the fourth one, but three of those guys are there almost every year. <laughs> exactly. There's I've... not a lot of variation in in who makes it to the final, to the college football playoff, those final four teams. And three of those guys that you just named, Fisher, 
uh, well, not Fisher, um, Sweeney. Um, oh, that's the other one. That's the fourth one. Sorry, Dabo Sweeney. Duh. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, outside of Fisher, really, Sweeney, Saban, and Urban Meyer are there basically every year. Yeah. I mean, it's that that speaks to the landscape of college football. And it's it's just not everybody can be Clemson. Not everybody can be Alabama. Not everybody can be Ohio State. Um, do I think that Jimbo Fisher is going to do really well at Texas A&M? Yeah, probably. Eh, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Last year, you could kind of push that aside. They still took a team that was a dumpster fire after their quarterback got injured and got them to bowl eligible. I mean, that's a coaching job in and of itself to get them to yeah. that point. So I don't know. We'll see. But that's just that was something interesting that I I heard and and I thought that you would think that was interesting too. Um, we've got a little bit of time left before we got to get out of here tonight on the show. Um, but I wanted to go over this a little bit with you. Um, obviously, we we will have a show. My plan is to have a show next Thursday night, uh, but next Thursday night is the beginning of the NFL draft. Um, obviously, Lamar Jackson and Jair Alexander, by all accounts, we expect both of those guys to go in the first round. Although, Lewis, I had to go through while Bobby, while we were playing the Bobby sound, I went through like three different mock drafts before I found a mock draft that had Lamar Jackson in the first round. Wow. Um, the one that I found was the Athlon Sports, uh, their latest uh, mock draft. They have Lamar Jackson going 22nd uh, to the Buffalo Bills in a trade from the Kansas City Chiefs. And then right after him, the 23rd pick, the New England Patriots, um, with a trade from the L.A. Rams taking Jair Alexander. Which would then cause me to have to cheer for the New England Patriots for no other reason than to hope Jair Alexander does well and that will absolutely just be a thorn in my side and will make me want to vomit um, if I have to do that. So I'm really kind of hoping that some of the other mock drafts that have Jair going to the Pittsburgh Steelers which would literally make my day I kind of hope that that holds true. Um so quickly before we get out of here, Lewis, do you f- expect? I mean, I think we all expect Jair Alexander will go in the first round. Do you expect Lamar Jackson to be a first round pick? Mm, yes. <laughs> that was a, that, that was <laughs> so re- reassuring. Uh, no, yes. Um, yeah, I think he will. I think he'll probably go late. Um, but I just, I don't know, I have this weird feeling that he's just going to get snagged up really early. Um, I hope I'm right about that. But Yeah, I mean, we all thought that Teddy Bridgewater would go early, and he hung around and hung around for the very last pick of the first round. And everybody kind of thinks that Lamar might go late. And it wouldn't surprise me if he does go early because – if there's a run on quarterbacks, and we see this happen in the NFL draft a lot, where there's a run on a position and people just start drafting guys so that they don't get away. Yeah. I feel like that could happen with these quarterbacks this year in this draft. If there's a run on quarterbacks and say the first three picks are, you know, uh, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, and Baker Mayfield. If those are your first three picks, then teams are going to be scrambling to grab a quarterback. Um, and you're going to see guys like Lamar Jackson maybe go higher than people originally anticipated. A guy like a Mason Rudolph from Oklahoma State going higher than what people anticipated because there is just that panic of not wanting to lose out on a guy. Um, so you kind of throw caution to your draft board and you just go get one of these guys so that you don't lose out on them. Um, I would like to think Lamar goes in the first round, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised 
if he was a second-round pick, do I think he is a second-round pick? God, no. I think he has all the talent in the world to be a first-round pick and should be a first-round pick. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if somebody uh, is too, too tone-deaf or too stubborn to change their system to make it work for Lamar. That's all the time, guys, we have on the show for tonight. Again, next Thursday night, we'll get you ready for the NFL Draft. Um, If you missed any of the show, make sure that you listen to the complete podcast and share that thing out so that everybody can hear it and hear what we're doing here on The Breakdown. For Lewis, I'm Taylor. That's it for tonight, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Go Cards! That you need to hear Before I'm paying your time And I throw this truck in gear I don't need a t-